last one. Welcome back, Kittitas Valley Sports Talk fans. I am your host, Eric Sorensen, along with Luke Olson. We are not joined by John Gudet today for episode 20. Uh, we About an hour ago, we figured out who episode 20 was going to be. Who did we come up with, Luke? Well, we had to pick between Gary Payton That's right. and Daniel Vogelbach. Daniel Daddy Hacks Vogelbach. I think we'll go Gary Payton. He's a little yeah. bit more nostalgia. Uh, Daddy Hacks Vogelbach, he can, he's good for a pinch hitter, too. He hasn't solidified himself just yet. No. Uh, we're still waiting on to see how that goes. And I'm assuming he'll be back next year, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, because we don't need to talk too much national stuff, but King Felix got picked up. He's going to be Atlanta Brave, maybe. That won't last long. No, he's I don't a think so. <laughs> minor league contract in the, and uh, a million bucks. So heck, something. I'll sign me up. Let's go. Uh, the other big thing coming out for national news is they've announced that there's going to be an automatic strike zone in spring training this year. I know you're for it. We've had the debates on this before. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, now we're talking about it, I don't know. I mean, I guess it has to be in five, ten years when they start <laughs> doing it. Oh, well, the way the the commissioner of baseball talked, it sounded like it was going to be – he was pretty much for it. So as long as Robert Manfred's our commissioner, uh, unfortunately, I'm not for it. I don't like it. I like the fact that a catcher can set up an umpire, and it's part of the personality of the game of baseball. What makes it great. So. Hey, what do you think, Tanner Swanson? thinks of it i don't think he's gonna like it yeah i mean framing that's his job yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. his job right there and uh, i think that i guess you got, i don't know i mean that takes away the whole manipulating the strike zone with how you catch a, how the catcher catches the ball and yeah and uh you better hope the laser's on point that day when that ball's crossing and uh, i'd be kind of curious though we should have him on here in a week or so before spring training hits and see what he thinks and yeah and uh he's with the yankees of course cleon graduate cleon yeah. graduate yeah. um you know we're, we're not going to him yet, but we got a Cleom guy as our guest today, Coach Eric Terrell, head's boys coach at uh, Cleom High School. And, yeah. And uh, pretty excited for that interview today. Yeah. I think he's going to be our first Cleom yeah. interview. We're heading interview. west. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to spend some time in Cleom on Thursday uh, because, or Wednesday night, we had to go over to the west side that night and the nice Snoqualmie Pass closed down. You were just right in the middle of it? Right in the As soon as we got on the freeway at Kittitas, I got a tweet that said, Snoqualmie is closed. <laughs> and Jeez, we sat yeah. up there till 11. Did you have blankets and all that? Yeah, we kept the, I made sure I had a bunch of gas. Oh, we so had the gas car was can. on? We got, car was on, yeah. Okay, yeah. So date night in Bellevue turned into date night at the Easton Overpass. Yeah. Romantic. <laughs> Romantic. So, uh, Luke, how was your weekend? I mean, I, I guess we had everything. You're busy, probably covering a bunch of storeboards, but you survived the weekend. Yep. Yeah, I was at uh, Central Basketball, Central Men's. Yeah. Uh, just me. Um, obviously, it was a big the return of Spar. He was mm-hmm. at Central for 29 years, 23 as a coach. He's with now with Alaska Fairbanks, and uh, he left uh, left Ellensburg with the victory. It was pretty uh, pretty meaningful for him. Yeah, like, it was definitely a different crowd. It was interesting. I, you know, there was a Central local loyals, yeah. and then there was a bunch of people <clears throat> that were Spar supporters, and it was just an interesting. Night. I don't know if you felt that from where you were at, but no, yeah, there's a lot of Alaska fans. Seem like, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty cool Central's largest clap, yeah, Central's largest cl- crowd this mm-hmm. season, and uh, but there was a lot of a lot of Central 
where a lot of Ellensburg community members sitting behind the bench and he'd, he'd get a pat on the back during the game. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was, and he stayed, stayed a while after and he got showered with the <laughs> Gatorade, <laughs> oh, I bet. Gatorade can. So it was pretty cool for, I think the, his team knew how much it meant to him to come back there and get a win. I'm sure. You know, let's let's hop into that a little bit. I mean, we got the scoreboard right now by Fitterus Furniture. We forgot to mention them right away, but our great sponsor, Fitterus Furniture, they're we up for another year and and uh, go in there and check them out. Quality furniture since 1896 on the corner of Fourth and Main. Go tell them that Kid S Valley Sports Talk sent you, and, and we owe them a trip for an episode in house right. coming up here soon. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to get that done before <clears throat> baseball season hits, <laughs> and everybody has chaotic schedules. But uh, no, the Central Men they beat Anchorage who. <clears throat> you know they're sitting okay in the GNAC. Well, they're four and two yep. at the time, and uh, they knocked them off. But then the and I think they proved Saturday night the Wildcats that if you lose a turnover battle, you're not going to win. No, I mean, and the worst part was that <clears throat> a lot of them turned into points. A lot it was like twenty three or twenty four, yeah, well, twenty four to four and in turnover like, points, and a lot of them turned into fast break points. I mean, it's just like they got the ball and they just went down yeah. down the court, but uh. Yes, and or Alaska Fairbanks has a, a pretty good player, and uh, can't remember his first name, but Chavez, Shadid Chavez, mm-hmm. who was the brother of the former Central Guard, who was here one year, right. uh, Khalil Chavez, mm-hmm. and he was a GNAC freshman of the year. So, and from what it sounds like, that he would have he would have joined Central if Spar was still, still there. So, mm-hmm. those two and Coleman Sparling, and I think. I'm pretty sure Matt Poquette would have been. Mm-hmm. He, was he, was there. A, he was a spar recruit. Mm-hmm. So that'd been a pretty good team. That would have been pretty interesting. But right now they're kind of, I mean, they're two, two and six in the GNAC. So they have to, they really got to, they have, I mean, going for, I mean, they got to turn things around. I mean, right. they're halfway through the, yeah, almost halfway it's, through the conference. Play. They, well, you know, the only, the bummer part is you're looking at how they lost to MSUB by one point, Northwest Nazarene by two. Um, they lost to St. Martin's by Saint, three. Yeah, St. Martin's and Western. They had the lead there for a while, and it's just uh, we'll see. Hopefully, they're going through the growing pains and they're getting out of it. And Concordia this Thursday, Western Oregon uh, Saturday, all away, and then they're back home for Simon Fraser and the hated Western Washington Vikings, February first. So put that in your calendar to get there. Are you going to be there? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I shouldn't. I don't think I have anywhere else to be that day except for rooting on the Wildcats, uh, the women's team. Let's see. They beat Western Washington Thursday in their game, seventy-two to sixty-two, and but unfortunately lost to Simon Fraser the, on Saturday before the men's game. Yeah, that was a tough loss because they could have <clears throat> picked up some ground. Um, I think Simon Fraser was sitting in second or third in the GNAC at that time. But yeah, that was kind of a tough, tough mm-hmm. loss. But shoot, yeah, they beat Western, so thing right. That's what matters. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the women travel, I'm assuming, with the boys. They're going both to Concordia and Western Oregon on their adventure next or this week. And but they don't play uh, Western there to beat them, obviously. But then they're on the road the following week. So, yeah. Um, this was kind of cool. I was looking on the daily record, so go check them out. Read all Luke's articles because they're right. amazing. <laughs> um, our past guest Jeff Hashimoto mm-hmm. was the. Uh, Ellensburg High, Sc- High School Cross Country Coach. I uh, was named the two-way girls cross country coach of the year by Washington State Track and Field Coaches Association this past weekend. Yep. And then the assistant was assistant of the year. Josephine so. Caramello. <clears throat> yep. So that was uh, Camarillo. Sorry. Camarillo. Yeah. yeah. So a couple cool uh, awards that they can collect after. I mean, they had a great 
great, obviously a great season, win the mm-hmm. state title and having an individual winner and in Leah Holmgren. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, let's talk about some Ellensburg boys basketball. You know, they're kind of struggling right now, but they're getting things and hopefully they're going to get back going here soon. But uh, they're hoping to bounce back this week against Wapato, but they're hosting Afraid at home on Saturday. Yeah. And then, yeah, they've been kind of struggling, but uh, still, still a pretty young team. And then the girls, girls are still undefeated. Um, I think recently, I see a few different rankings online, but uh, I saw their number two, two in the RPI or mm-hmm. two in another one, and they're at four. And I don't know, there's there's a ton of them, but uh, yeah, everybody's the, got their opinion online, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they care, but yeah, they're. I mean, they're just rolling through conference and everyone else who's in their way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, the women, they beat Prosser and Grandview last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take on Wapato and Afreda also this coming week. So, week, so. yeah. I both, they're at home. Afreda is at home. Yeah. Afreda is at home. So, right. 3.30 and 5. Yeah, get your butt out there and go watch them. Uh, let's see, is Kittitas home or, Golden, or uh, Cleon? Is that right? Cleon no, they're both away. So, Ellensburg's the team Ellensburg's to go see. the place to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe Cleon might be home. I'm not sure. But they uh let's see, last week Cleon unfortunately lost to Nat Cheese. Actually, both boys and girls lost to Nat Cheese, but they both beat Highland last week. Yeah. Which Highland's a matchup of what a league game next year for them when they come down to be. Yeah. There's a couple and Eric Terrell kind of mentioned, he mm-hmm. will mention uh that uh they got it, you know, beating Highland was an important win. And, you know, they haven't made districts according to him since two thousand two. Yes. So I think it's their time. They got to win those couple key games, and mm-hmm. he said they can kind of get that fourth seed. Looks like they both play LaSalle, and then they play Goldendale this weekend. Yeah, which I should look that up before we're done today. Where are the Goldendale games at? But uh, I think that he mentioned the Goldendale game is going to be a big one for him to get that goal of reaching the district tournament, and and you know we're all rooting for him to get there. And um, Let's go to Kittitas girls basketball. I got to see kind of the end of it, but unfortunately they lost to DeSales and, um, on Saturday and they beat or they lost to Columbia Burbank last night, but they played Goldendale at home mm-hmm. Thursday. Yep. So if you're Cleon, get to Kittitas and get your <laughs> video cameras out. And yeah. uh, I believe both boys and girls are playing there on Thursday night. Yep. I'll be there. So hey, yeah. me too. I think we're Ellie's making her appearance this week. Is she? Yeah. So look out. Give us about a few rows for her to roam a little bit, and we'll be just fine. Yeah, no problems. <laughs> None at all. <laughs> um, I did get out there and saw the whole boys' game at Kittitas on Saturday, which was a great start. I loved it because it was like a three girls start at three, boys start at five. I watched the entire boys' game. Got in my pickup. Drove, turned the 88.1 the Berg on, got to here at the end of the girls' game, and was in my seat by tip-off for the boys' game on Saturday Night Central. Yeah. So I'm a fan of these early starts. So yeah. I think the Ellensburg League's got something going there with I that. know, yeah, and it works. I, I'm a big fan of it. You it's my, I'm done with my day after, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. awesome. But the boys beat DeSales. I know when I walked in, and the football coach, Coach Hutch, is the assistant coach for the Kittitas. Mm-hmm. basketball and he walked up and was like geez no wonder they're they look like a bunch of football players there d sales was a big team they were a big bunch of big guys but the the boys handled them very well and a couple of the guys had a pretty great night that night yeah and kittitas i think is third tied third in that's right Wack, so they are behind white swan and walla walla valley academy yeah so they have a opportunity to get into districts and hopefully 
Mm-hmm. Lake State. They got to go, you know, obviously Justin Hudson's kind of leading them. And then uh, sophomore Blake Catlin's yep. kind of emerged as a, a lot of guys, too. I mean, yeah. Cody Van Dorn's posting double doubles a lot. He's about 6'4, 6'5. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good size for a kid in that kind of league. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, it's a lot of fun to watch. And I know that Walla Walla Valley Academy game is at home later on this season. Uh, that'll be a big matchup. And that, that win against Burbank was big because Kittitas is 6-2, and two, Burbank's 5-3. and three. So Kittitas needs to just keep winning out, and they're going to be sitting just fine for um, hitting districts yeah. in the district tournament. But we'll, uh, I'm scrolling down here on the, the old internet, and they are at Goldendale on – on the 25th. So Cleon, Cleon, but it looks like on the 24th, they're home against LaSalle. So get out there, watch them beat the lightning. I know that there's a lot of people in this Valley aren't a big fan of the LaSalle schools. They're good people, but rivalries. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other big thing I was bummed. I didn't get there. Uh, Family duty called, but Saturday was the annual Ray Westberg invite. And there was a pretty good showing. Um, by let's see, Ellensburg finished fifth as a team with 139 points. The other cool thing was Kittitas finished 12th. Uh, they had an individual winner, Tony and yeah, Tony, Tony Rios, Rios which night. I'm trying to think of the last Kittitas kid that won. It was probably Connor Treat, yeah, Connor and my <laughs> cousin kicks. Nate. Yeah, Nate Sorensen won it two years in a row, but Tony Rios, good job, man. Yeah, he's uh, from what our reporter Rodney Harwood covered the tournament and talked to Tony. There's a video of the interview on the Daily Record mm-hmm. Facebook, but uh, I, I believe Tony just started wrestling his freshman year, yeah, last year, and goes to the pretty goes to the popular Westburg tournament and gets a win, which so. is a big one because you got yeah. schools at Sela that won it, Cheney, Sunnyside, Southridge, Ellensburg, Pasco, Connell, Sumner, Hanford, Wapato, Eisenhower, yeah. And I get some I'm biased to this one, but Kittitas finished ahead of Eastmont, Quincy, East Valley, Yakima. And all stars, which I'm not sure what the all stars team is, but they beat the all stars. Yeah. So, uh, the Ellensburg guys. So, uh, Tony was the 113 class winner, the 120 Christian Davis from Ellensburg, 132 Francisco Ayala, and 160 Lorenzo Gonzalez. Yeah. Were all champions of the Westbrook tournament. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Kittitas Paul Jones was second at 170, defending champion Henry Reinhardt of Kittitas will end up third in the 182, and the Bulldog teammate Cole Weber placed sixth at 145. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if you've been to that yet, but it is a fun tournament to go watch, that's for sure. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> that's for it's sure. All, all day. Yeah, I did go last year, and I was mm-hmm. there from – I probably made a mistake going right at 9 a.m. because I was there till like 6. Yep. I didn't need to be there that early but uh <laughs> still i got the full experience walking around trying to find who was where and mm-hmm. yeah it was fun yeah um before we go into our guest this week because that kind of wraps up scoreboard we talked a little bit last week i want luke's opinion on this <clears throat> what was your take on the i know it's national news but the sign stealing thing of baseball what is luke olson's take on that Jeez, sorry uh, i didn't give you any heads up but go uh what's my take <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not against. I mean, I'm not against sign stealing, but when you're using that kind of technology and the things that kind of Astros were doing, I mean, they're pushing it to. I can't. Remember, I was reading an article, or a lot of people think they should be stripped of a title. Yeah. I think the LA, Dodgers put out that thing. Yeah, there's something that really I was like, wow, you know, I agree with that, but uh, 
I think even like Logan Morrison posts, the old Mariner posts a video of like, he remembers going to Houston and here in the banning and, but I mean, it makes it way easier. I mean, yeah, if you know, I mean, there was another pitcher who was tweeting the guy for the blue Jays. Uh, who's a really good pitcher. Oh, it's, I can't remember now. And he was just saying like, they were hitting pitches at like other teams, you know, that's mm-hmm. usually not supposed to be hit that often. And, I don't know. I you could say it's part of the game, but I think when you take it to that extent, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they should be stripped of a title. No, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad if they were. Right. <laughs> well, you know they should be. Now I'm gonna say there it. you go, Luke. Has <laughs> get get the take it away from. Uh, did you watch the the YouTube videos of that? Of when the, they there's YouTube videos of like you can hear the. Oh yeah, garbage can, bang bang. That's why fastball. Logan Morrison would, yeah, he yeah. posted one. It's very subtle. It's hard mm-hmm. to hear, but you can hear something. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like I mean, I'm gonna say it again, but yeah, when you take it to that extent, it's I don't crazy. know. But if you're on like second base and you see, oh man, like hey, it looks it's probably gonna be an off-speed pitch. There's nothing wrong waving, yeah. telling, trying to communicate with your batter, but. When you go technology, but supposedly they're wearing wires and stuff. So. So the Altuve walk off in the AL. American League Championship Series against the Yankees that year. Yeah, and he tried to. He's like, he's holding his jersey. Don't rip it off me. And he's telling his team, do not take my jersey off. Yeah, he had a I buzzer mean, on. If I mean, they haven't proved it yet or anything, but Aurelius yeah. Chapman throws 100 miles an hour, and he was sitting slider and did not miss it because he knew yeah. that was coming. The batter still got to hit it, but it's a lot easier when you know. I mean, a lot of it's a guessing game. When the ball is coming at at that speed, yeah. So obviously, a lot of it's hand-eye coordination, but no, you're still giving the best hitters in the world knowing yeah. what's happening. That's why it's always, I mean, it's a pitcher's game. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other question I have for you: Who is your pick in the Super Bowl? Ooh, I'm taking the Chiefs. Go Chiefs! No, no bias. Sorry, Coon. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand the 49ers. Yeah, they're gonna. But I, I think the Chiefs will. I don't know. After the watch, watching the way the 49ers run, that's going to be hard to stop. But Frank Clark was pretty confident stopping Derrick Henry, so mm-hmm. maybe they can stop Mozart. Yeah. Is that his name? I don't know. Or Tevin I, Coleman, if he plays. I'll give the 49ers props of how quick they turn that thing around, but go Chiefs. I want Pat Mahomes to get his get his, uh, get his ring. His ring. Yeah. Multi sport athlete, which I love those guys. And, uh, yeah, no, I think that would be good. So, yeah. well, let's go to our guest this week, Glenn Roslin, head boys basketball coach Eric Terrell. And he was a, it was a pretty fun interview. And we'll be right back with that after this message from Fitter's Furniture. Is a new sofa calling your name this new year? Maybe a recliner? Whatever furniture needs replacing, when it comes to furniture upgrades, you can trust the professionals at Fitter's Furniture in Ellensburg. A knowledgeable sales staff, certified interior designers, and three floors of quality home furnishings are just some of what you'll get at Fitterers. Fitterers also offers in-house financing, free delivery, and Holloway in Central Washington. Fitterers Furniture, quality furniture since 1896. Fitterers. Fitterers. Well, KTAS Valley Sports Talk fans, we're back with our guest of the week, brought to you by Fitterers Furniture. This week, we got Cleom's head boys coach, Eric Terrell. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, we know that we've been talking all fall uh, about someone pretty special up there. It's pretty close and dear to your heart. I believe she almost broke the scoring record for soccer. I guess let's start off with uh, 
how cool is that to be able to coach at Cleelum and be able to watch your daughter play while you're up there? Well, it's been, it's been awesome. You know, actually both daughters, you know, Holly obviously has graduated, but Grace has been, had quite a, quite a great athletic career here in Cleelum and we're super proud of her for that. And yeah, she had an awesome soccer season and really put together, I think she ended up four or five goals from the, I think all time scoring record for Washington State soccer. So, and there's and there's a little story behind that too, right? The person that was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So we knew about the Yakima Valley record, which I believe was 151 goals. And when goal when Grace reached that number and hit the 152, we kept going. I wonder if there's a state record, and we reached out, reached a few different places. And somebody finally got back to Monica and said that that this girl, Melissa Bennett, um, held the state record in 166 goals and then went on to have a storied career at UW. Hmm. And um, so, you know, I'm like, well, let's figure out who this girl is. Because my thought was it'd be kind of cool for Grace to reach out to her and say, you know, hey, you know, I'm a girl from Clayell. I'm just, you know hoping to strive towards that goal. Even at the time we thought, wow, it would be a stretch to even get that far, that far, you know, that many more goals, you know, to get from, you know, 152 up to 166 or 167 was going to be tough. Mm -hmm. But, um, we got to looking and I saw her married name was Dunkley and I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. There's Dunkley's and Clayellum and Grace's babysit for some of them. (laughs) Well, we looked her up on Facebook and Grace is like, Oh yeah, I babysit her kids. Oh no way. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, <laughs> About awesome. a year earlier, no idea that um, there was a, a soccer connection between the two there. So, uh, so they cool. reached out to each other and it was kind of cool. They got to <clears throat> the communicate. So. Oh, cool. And uh, she's, she's going to Eastern. Um, what, and when did she receive that offer to go to Eastern? So she's been committed since the fall of her sophomore year. Or, or I guess you want to say verbally committed um, okay. and then finally signed this year. But yeah, so she's been um, planning that for, for quite a long time, which in soccer, you know, soccer, they really recruit fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if the rules have changed some since she originally signed, you know, signed, but, but it's, it's an, you know, earlier sport than like a sport like basketball or some other sports that, kids don't typically get recruited maybe a few do you know exceptional ones do but not as many did you guys go on a few visits to schools before she committed eastern or was eastern pretty yeah we went we did we had been to quite a few different schools she went to a lot of what they call id camps which are camps at schools um so she'd been to gonzaga um u of i to wsu to eastern um and a few others but those were really the four main schools she was interested in because she wanted to stay east of the mountains mm-hmm. but yet close enough that her mom and dad would be able to come and watch games and and be a part of that so um eastern turned out to be um she also got an offer from u of i um but eastern she felt like was the best soccer fit for her kind of how she plays um and my wife is also an Eastern alum, so that, I don't know, but that specifically played into it. My older daughter's at U of I, so <laughs> any one of those could have happened. Um, but she really felt like that was the right fit for her. And if you know, if anything were to happen and she wasn't able to play soccer, she felt like that'd still be a school she would want to be at. Cool. Absolutely. 
Well, we know you're the head boys basketball coach at Cleom. So talk us through how what got you into coaching and the road that led you to Cleom. So I have a little coaching in my background. My father actually coached. Um, he coached the kindergarten through sixth grade program in the little school I grew up in, the mountains of Colorado, a little town of Walden. And um, so, you know, I got introduced to basketball super young and kind of the coaching side of that. Um, and just continued to play, you know, got out of high school, went to college to be a teacher and a coach. Got a little derailed there where, you know, my focus was not quite on school somewhat. So I decided to take a little break from that and um, and ended up and moved to Washington State and worked out here in a sawmill for a couple of years and then to, with a manufacturing company and just kind of continued to change jobs. But in that, you know, got more into the coaching side. Um, even while I was in college, I started coaching actually. Eric, you'll enjoy this. I was coaching the Little League baseball team. All right. <laughs> um, kind of got roped into that. And that was my first coaching opportunity yep. <laughs> at 19. <laughs> um, some dads that, that talked me into that one. So I was not necessarily a good baseball player. I only played two years of Little League and never, we didn't have baseball in high school. Our school was pretty small in the mountain, in, you know, 8,000 feet in the mountains. So a lot of snow. Um, but played football, basketball, and track when I was in high school. Okay. And so when you came, when you moved to Washington, you got to Cleom, and then uh, this is your first or second year as the head coach at Cleom? So so we actually, I moved, we moved, I moved to kind of the Kelp Tacoma area. Okay. And lived there for many years. Um, we moved to Cleom. We bought a place in Cleom, just a vacation cabin in 99. And then we moved here in 2007 as our, moved up here full-time. Okay. Um, so, and then, and our goal was, you know, I grew up, like I said, in a very small town in the mountains of Colorado. So I really wanted to raise our daughters in a smaller community where they could really, you know, be a part of a community, be active in lots of different things, you know, and meaning sports, they've done a lot with 4-H and just, you know, volunteering in their community. And I think sometimes in a bigger city, you, you lose that, I feel like. So that was really important to my wife and I. And so that was preempted the change for us to move up to clay alum. Yeah. Okay. And then how many years have you been with the, so what, so, so this will be my last. fourth. Yeah. This will be my fourth year as a head coach. Okay. Wow. Probably 10 years ago, I volunteer coached for a year. Then I was the JV coach for a couple of years, then took a few years off and then got hired as the head coach. So what, what made you come back after that hiatus for a little bit? You know, just, um, I'm passionate about basketball, passionate about kids. And it's kind of, you know, one of those things that, um, well, Tony Graham ended up and took the job down in Ellensburg, which opened the clay Ellen job back up. And I said, you know, something I still want to do and decided to put my hat, you know, back in that ring again. And this was the opportunity that I got hired to finally become the head coach. So okay. it's been pretty fun. Let's uh, we'll talk a little bit. I don't think it's official yet, um, but there is rumors, and I think uh, I think it's more in rumors and and in, in our circles we walk in that you guys will be coming down to the two B level, uh, join the EWAC league, and I know I can say I'm excited after watching the game uh, at the Christmas term. I know you guys didn't win that one, but it was a fun competitive game between you guys and Kittitas, and and joining this two B league and being able to get this cross county rivalry kicked off. And I know we when I was in high school we call it the Timothy Cup. 
uh, cross county rivalry between. I think that's going to be something to build on. So, uh, I guess talk a little bit about joining the the EWAC league and and the potential rivalry between Kittitas and Quill. Well, I think you know, like you said, and I don't have as, probably as much history as you do, but I know that it's it's long been a rivalry. You know, kind of that Kittitas Valley rivalry between all the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Kittitas and Quail, maybe a little bit more. Obviously, with Ellensburg being a little bit bigger. Um, you know, it's always fun for, you know, some bragging rights in your community, so to speak. So I, I, I look forward to that and really think it's going to, um, probably blossom and grow a little bit. I think (laughs) my guess is when, whenever we're playing at one or the other, those gyms are going to be full with a lot of, a lot of community members, um, rooting each, both teams (laughs) on. So it should be pretty exciting and pretty, uh, quite an atmosphere, I think is what, what it'll be. What are your kind of thoughts of the transition down? I mean, as far as competition and I mean, what do you, you think know, I, I think that the, the two B league has got great competition. I don't think by any means Claylem dropping down from one A to two B there's, there's any easy path for any of our programs. I think there's a lot of competition at two B level. So, you know, you're going to have to show up every day and go to work if you want to want a chance to, you know, make it through districts and go into state or something like that. And in probably most sports, um, you know, I feel like our team will be, you know, we're kind of, I feel on the rise where we're really, we've got a lot of young men that are putting a lot of time into it and, and developing our skills and we have a ways to go, but, but I think it'll make for super competitive games. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, well, several of the teams are in one, a going to drop in. Mm -hmm. So it'll be the Grangers, the, the Highland potential of Golden Dell. Um, so I think it should be, should be fun, but you know, I do think when we talk football versus basketball, I think it's going to be a much better place for Clay Elm, um, playing with more alike schools. Yeah. Were you surprised when you heard that, like, you know, you guys were going to be dropping down or something? No, I've actually been, uh, I've actually been for that. Um, mainly because I feel we should play it wherever our numbers lie. And right now our numbers are solidly in the 2B section. Mm-hmm. For us to actually opt up, to me at this point, doesn't make any sense. You know, I know, well, it's quite a ways back when Tony Crutchman was the boys football coach. We actually, I think there was a two-year stretch where we opted up. We were 2B numbers and we opted up to 1A. And it kind of made sense then. Our football program was competing. Our basketball program was okay. Not necessarily great, but okay in there on the boys level. But um Right now, you know, I feel like it just makes sense. Um, and it'll put us, you know, in a, in a more balance. We're going to be playing schools that have more, more close to us in size. You know, I think, I think our numbers are like 180 students is what they said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's squarely in 2B. And for us to opt up, especially with teams like Toppenish, Wapato potentially all coming down. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty tough, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, you guys are probably used to this, but I know we're excited for the shorter travel because our league's going to be a lot more centrally located. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, I I haven't really specifically looked at the travel side of it, mm-hmm. but we de- we definitely drive a lot. So yeah, <laughs> I guess three hour trips. Norm. Nothing. We don't even think about it. It's just the norm. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned it, and uh, you know, watching your guys' team play, uh, you do have a young team this year, but I do see a lot of. Uh, a lot of talent and what you guys, you guys were shooting the lights out the game I was watching and, and, uh, you know, I'll just talk about this year's team and, 
And, you know, there's, it looks like you guys have a really bright future ahead of you. Yeah, we have a, um, like I said, we, we've got a young team, um, but it's been pretty exciting. And, and I'm having, you know, as, as a coach, probably having one of my most fun years. Just got a lot of players that are willing to work hard. They're willing to try to get better and improve their game and knowledge. And it's, you know, it's starting to translate to the court. You know, sometimes you, you do a lot of work behind the scenes and it doesn't always translate into the game um, in a visible fashion to others. Although people that kind of see the progress will know what's going on behind the scenes. But um, a lot of players have developed, um, you know, Jake Kelly probably is by far the leader of our team and is really came around after, you know, his freshman year coming off some knee injuries and, and last year getting back in. And now this year really, um, really kind of taking that leadership role for us. Um, you know, we're <clears throat> currently, we have Max Wheat as the only senior on our team. So we are going to, going to bring back a pretty, pretty solid core of players, um, going forward. And really for the next probably two, three, four years, we should, we should have a pretty big group. I've got a couple of freshmen starting varsity, but we have a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are playing um, for us on the JV level as well. What what kind of makes Jake Kelly a leader of this uh, leader of that team? You know, it's funny. He's kind of he's kind of quiet. He's not necessarily always the vocal leader, but just he's he's got a extremely good, solid, calm demeanor. Um, he he sees the court well. He's done a lot of work um, to get stronger. And he's improved his athleticism. He's just quicker, more agile, and and you know his teammates really look up to him and and look to him for that leadership. And even though sometimes I'd I'd like him to be a little more verbal in that manner, um, they are watching him and they're listening. And you can see when he when he does talk to him or you know mention something to a player, you know they're paying attention. And 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 his team you know voted him almost unanimously to be the team captain this year. So. And what's and you kind of mentioned, you know, is the knee surgery or knee injuries he went with. I mean, so you're kind of seeing a different kind of player this season. Just from, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, last year when he, you know, we came in, he was just getting cleared and playing, and like you could see he knew where to go, but sometimes physically he just didn't have the speed or the quickness. Or when a player was, whether he was on defense or trying to break somebody down offensively you know, just that quickness and that, that explosion. And now, and now he's really came a long way. And I can only imagine if he kind of does the same thing into next year, it's going to really leap for, you know, leapfrog his skills. I think when we played Kittitas, I think he had 20 rebounds that night. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you an idea, you know, he's just really, he's great at anticipating and he's not, you know, he's not our big guy, right? He's yeah. not our post player. Mm-hmm. Um, he is tall though. Yeah, he's about six three. Um, then we've got Griffin Bator at six five, and then Gage Ellison, who wasn't there the night we played Kittitas. He's six six. So yeah, and he's a sophomore. So another good solid interior player for us. It's kind of strange to have height. I haven't. I don't think I've coached a year where I've had one or two players at six five. We've always be been about nice. six foot six one. That was kind of all across the board. And, and Gage had a pretty good game last night, didn't he? Twenty one. He did. He did. Yeah, Yankee scored. 20 or 21 last night against Zilla. Yeah. And I mean, Jake, is he putting a lot of time in, in the off season? I mean, is he playing AAU? What kind of things is he doing? Yeah. Um, actually a lot of these players are, are putting in time. They played, I think they played AAU last spring. We did a lot of work summer. 
they got into uh, some strength and conditioning and got with some trainers last summer. Um, we had some at the school and I think they're still doing some privately now. And then, um, I think a lot, a, a big group of these boys played fall AAU as well and really kind of committing to, um, to the time that it takes to get better. Um, I think that, you know, if they continue into this next summer, I'm still a, I'm a big believer in strength and conditioning. Um, I think that you always want to get better at your raw skill, whether it's basketball or baseball or whatever your skill that you're working on. But if you don't, if, you know, if you go against an opponent that's bigger, faster, and stronger, it's tough to beat them, even if they don't have the same skill level that you have. So um, that's one of the areas that I really want to, our, our school in general, in all sports, but specific to basketball, we need to continue to work on. Um, and I think it will just, you know, it will leapfrog where we can go yeah. next year and, and years past. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps things up for us on our side of things, but we truly appreciate you joining us today and, and uh, good luck on the rest of the season. And, and we look forward to watching more of your guys' uh, basketball team this mm-hmm. year and next year. Thank you. We're pretty excited. We're, we're hopeful. I, I will share with you that we're, you know, kind of our goal this year is to make the district playoffs, which um, if, if Mr. Malcolm is correct, um, I think it's been 2002 since Clayolum made the um, the district playoffs. So right now, if we can if we can beat Golden Dell and Granger and Highland, we'll be um, we'll be seated fourth into the district tournament, which would be pretty exciting for nice. our boys. Yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty awesome! Heck yeah! All right. Well, hey, thank you, Luke and Eric, and appreciate the call. You bet. Right. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back Take here care. in just a second with John Gouda and Would You Rather. Well, fellas, let's wrap this thing up with a, our fun segment that at least I think is fun. Hopefully you guys do too and the listeners do, but our Would You Rather, and I did my research today, fellas. I got some good ones for you. Hopefully you uh, stepped up your game too. <laughs> we got to introduce who's back on the show. We, you're right. If you guys I'm have, ready to roll. We have been missing a third voice, but he has appeared through the cellular phone. John, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. I, uh, I'm glad I can call in, but I'd rather be there, uh, showing off my impressive physique on, uh, on YouTube. I'm telling you what, those camera angles are very unflattering <laughs> to me, Eric. And so we need to fix that. Do you want to, do you want to switch me seats? <laughs> we can switch you. We'll put you maybe, or, or I'll just, I'll just <laughs> stay away from the beer and candy. Maybe that would be an improvement as well. Well, you haven't even seen the new mugs that we have. Uh, YouTubers are seeing it right now. We got some kid has Valley sports talk coffee mugs. Strictly water, tea, or coffee to the listeners out there. What's in those things? So yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. So next and, time you're back, maybe maybe I can maybe I can earn one of those when I finally come back into the studio. You know where to be. You know where to be. Maybe we'll yep. have to give one of them away here to one of our loyal listeners here soon. But yeah. So you guys ready for, for some mind blowing questions? Who? Let's start off with this one. If you could have a beer with any coach, any sport, past or present, who would it be? Go. Hmm. Uh, a beer, any coach, any sport, past or present. Um, wow. Um, I'm trying not to go with the usual ones. Like, you know, I think a lot of people would say like John Wooden or Vince Lombardi or um, George Hallis or something. So I'll go with... Um, Dean Nicholson. 
<laughs> Ooh, that'd be good. I would one. like to, I would really, really, really like to know what that was like coaching some of the most dominant teams in, in the Northwest and, and in small school around the nation. I would really like to uh, meet Dean Nicholson and have a beer with him. Can, that can That's still happen, thing. right? He's, he's in yep. Cal. He's still he around. is uh, 90, isn't he 91, 92 years young, living in Stockton, I believe. Oh, man. Well, I'm, and, su- uh, I'm sure he's going to be here when they, uh, they're doing some up with the for the fifty for the anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So. I would like to know about that team. I mean, just that team in general. Yeah, yeah. So that that's who I think. Dean Nicholson. Yeah. I was I like I'm in, I'm intrigued by the Lupinella. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd like a manager from like the uh, like the eighties. You know, like a well, not even the eighties, but like Sparky Anderson's coming to mind. Or uh, yeah, who was the guy for the Yankees and the Oakland A's that the Yankees kept firing? Was that Sparky? Hmm. Gosh, what was That'd his name? Anyways, uh, but I'm going to go with Augie Greedo, the head, the winningest. Well, he was the winningest baseball college baseball coach. Uh, he's late, the late Augie Greedo. He passed away. Uh, Florida State guy just passed him, but he was a coach at Fullerton and Longhorns of Texas. Actually, I take. How about Mike Leach? You got to have a beer with Mike Leach. We're having we're going through breakup issues right now, so <laughs> I can't be can't be seen with him. <laughs> hey, they're lighting him up on Twitter right now. He hit up. He he just basically brought his staff and gave them all raises. And a lot of the Minnesota or Mississippi State fans are saying, "I didn't realize this was just bring your buddy to work and give him a raise." They want him to go hire somebody, yeah, <laughs> not just bring his staff. Side note: Back on you guys got any questions before I just rattle these things off? No, John, you got any in for us? Keep going, keep going. All right, road trip. Any sports star, you get three of them in the car with you. Hmm. Any sports star that goes on a road trip with you? No, you get to go on a road trip. You get to pick three people to go with you, sports stars. This was inspired by Gardner okay. Minshew's current road trip in his motorhome postseason. Yes. Three sports stars to go on a road trip with. I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to keep it local. Well. Ah. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it local. Um, I would like to go. I would fill my car with uh, former Central quarterback, current BC Lions quarterback Mike Riley. Mm-hmm. I would put um, probably. I would put. Um, uh, Johnny Spieback, former CW football and baseball uh, basketball player, and then my final guy would be um, who would my final guy be? I'm gonna go with uh, Eric Sorensen. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Country Swordsman, or um, I would say uh, Nolan Teasley. Okay. Well, what about you, Luke? Former Ellensburg High School, great. Yeah. Jeez. I don't even. I'm, I got to have Steve Nash. Okay. He's like one of my favorite athletes. Steve Nash. Uh, oh, I think it would be pretty fun to have Dirk in there, too. Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because they're friends. 
And then I'm putting, uh, man. Jeez, this is tough. It's a good one. You want me to give you mine while you finish? Think of your third. Uh, yeah. We're getting a we're getting a second call into the show. Have you guys heard <laughs> the beat? Could, we can get him in. <laughs> um, we are. Uh, I would go with Lou Pinella, King Griffey Jr. I'm torn between Edgar or Jay Buner, but I'm going to go Buner because I bet he has some cool stories. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Steve Nash, Dirk, and those, those are good ones. And uh, we're throwing Matt Hasselback in there. Oh, Maddie, Maddie Ice. <laughs> We want we'll the call. ball and we're going to score. All right, we're going off the beat from sports. You're a front row center. Any concert you would ever, any concert of your dreams, who are you going to see? Hmm. Front row and center for any concert. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to some great, great, great concerts. That's kind of one of the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um. But the concert that, uh, you know, I, I, I'd probably say the Beatles. Um, that's, that, that would be my, that's my favorite band. I mean, I've seen some great, great concerts, uh, from some big names. Uh, but I, I would say the Beatles, that's the one band that, you know, I'll never get to see. So I would pick the Beatles. I'll probably go with Johnny Cash. Ooh, good one. Ooh, yeah. I'm going Garth Brooks. Because he's a childhood idol of mine. Would you rather win a World Series or a Super Bowl? Super Bowl. I'm World Series. Um, Super Bowl's high. Yeah, I'd say World Series. <laughs> Would you rather watch a regular season game courtside or a high-stakes playoff game from the rafters? Uh, the rafters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, a state playoff game in the Raptors because that's basically what I've done in the last couple of years. Uh, would you rather be a star on a bad team or an average player on an elite team? Average, elite, all day, every day. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll go average. Is it high school or college? If it was college? Oh, college. It's all about me. I'm yeah. Going, I'm trying to go pro. If it's high school. Wait, I was. I was always the average. I was the elite athletes in my family were my oldest and youngest brothers. And so I was never, I was never the main guy. So it's a role that I embraced. And so I just, I like to be in a part of a team rather than being the star. I feel it. Well, we have, I have a big list of them, but we need to save some for next week. Last one. This is just a hard hitting question. What is your go-to birthday dinner? Your favorite dinner? You could, if someone said, "I want this," and you can have whatever you want, what is that? Uh, so I had a pretty darn good steak the last birthday I had. Um, yeah, my I, I'll go old school and I'll say uh, my grandmother used to make me either Swiss steak or like stew and biscuits for my birthday, and so. Mm-hmm. I'll basically just say whatever my grandma cooks. Uh, that's, yeah. Steak is the easy one, though. Yeah. I was going to say, it's probably surf and turf. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's good. Yeah. I don't have a dinner, but I know that Paige, uh, growing up, my mom always made an amazing German chocolate cake. My <laughs> wife makes an amazing German chocolate cake. And if I have, don't have that on my birthday, it's, 
I don't care about presents. I don't care about anything else, but I just want my cake. Or you're filing the family papers. <laughs> yeah, or it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for calling in, John. Luke, thank you for being here. And, and thanks for another episode, episode 20, fellas. We are rolling through another 10. Let's, gosh, I can't believe we're in 20 already. Jeez, yeah. That's it's scooting right along. And thank you to everybody that's listening. Share us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on YouTube. Um, I'm posting, I'll be posting two videos here soon because I didn't get last week's up yet. But anyways, uh, share with your friends and let everybody know about Kid S Valley Sports Talk. And until next week, get out and watch some local sports and support the local kids and be kind to one another. Yep. Take care. <laughs>